0: Welcome to Sales Boost, the Mercury International Podcast. Each episode presents one topic, one expert, taking a fresh perspective on the issues that are changing the face of modern sales. So welcome to Sales Boost, the Mercury International Podcast. Um, we're speaking to Dave Custin, the Global Account Director at Mercury. And in the last episode, we had a brief overview uh, of the changing role of the salesperson. And in this episode, we're going to drill down into some more specifics as in how that role is evolving. So welcome back, Dave. Hi, Charlie. So we left the last episode talking about this kind of blurring of the line, this move from what we might think of as the traditional sales role into more of an account-based management sort of function. Could you perhaps just expand a bit upon that? I mean, how, when, when did you kind of first notice that shift happening?
1: Well, um, I guess it's been a, a gradual shift, but I've seen it accelerated over the last three to four years. I went to IFA Pharma a, a couple of years ago now, and and there were very significant pharmaceutical companies who employed hundreds, if not thousands, of sales and the reps, as they call them. And a guy stood up, and I won't mention the name of the company, but he stood up and said, in five years' time, I won't have any salespeople. I will only have account managers. And you think, well, why Why would that be? What, what's happening there that, that makes that important? Well, the first thing is the customer is not looking for somebody to go sell them a product anymore and I think that's an important factor. So it's the partly the change in the, the way in which decisions are being made in organizations. I also think with decisions being made, very rarely is it a person's decision. And again healthcare is a good example. There's lots of people need to get involved uh, as in in the decision as to whether your products can be used in the first place. And then if they used which preference an individual or an organization actually has for that, so decision making is is very rarely a person in in a B2B environment. It tends to be many more people, all of whom are influencing one another and discussing with one another whether your solution is is a good solution. So one of the factors is that I, I can't go and see people. I, I have to go and see p- plural of people as a salesperson if I'm going to be successful. The other factor is, and it connects to what I talked about, if we can't differentiate by, or it's not easy to differentiate by the product and the services that we offer, a way of differentiating is by our understanding of the customer's situation. And the more curious and the more insights we can actually gain about the customer's situation, the more likely we are to be able to bring a solution together. And it can even get to the extent that I've, I've, I've been in situations where I've been with salespeople summarizing the customer's situation. And on the other side of the table, it's like a, a nodding dog. You know, they're going, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. And almost to the point where you could say, well, they could offer anything as the solution. Because of this depth of understanding, the customer is starting to believe they have the right solution, even before they've talked about it. And so those kinds of issues, I think, are starting to impact the way in which salespeople need to work. Now, outside of healthcare, I've seen it increasing in other organizations. Another one of my customers, they talk about their managed accounts, meaning somebody is appointed to look after that account, whether they're a key account or a global account or or whatever, or just an account manager, they see a better growth in those accounts so the and results speak so i think i would say it probably started maybe 10 15 years ago different markets at different speeds there but definitely accelerated across all the markets i really get involved in these days
0: so it's definitely this move from from simple to complex sales which has been the the instigating factor of this
1: well the complex sale is an interesting one because the, the, there's complexity on the customer side, which i I just mentioned, the you know, number of decision makers having a significant influence. I also mentioned in our last conversation the where the money is, and the money is typically going up the tree, not down, mm. uh, even if it's budgeted expense, sometimes it needs approval from a, a more senior decision maker. But then there's complexity on the side of the solutions, increasingly the solutions are involving not just product not just services not just expertise not just resources but increasingly solutions and digital solutions that connect to the cloud and and that is really making first of all the complexity from the account manager or the salesperson's perspective they need more expertise around them to be able to explain that to the customer because they're unlikely to be able to have all the expertise to explain all the benefits of, of their solution but also on the customer side you know we're going to involve now the IT department we may involve procurement we may involve manufacturing production whatever and and so all these departments working together so complexity is is a key driver on both sides of the table.
0: And and presumably it's also sort of unreasonable to expect, let's say we have just this, this one salesperson stroke key account manager, and they are, you know, pitching to a team of diverse roles, whether it be CTO and CFO and CEO, and all with different agendas, all with different elements of expertise within their own company. It's sort of unreasonable to expect that salesperson to be able to match that level of expertise across all those different areas. So presumably they need to know who to bring in to speak to those particular points.
1: And I think, Charles, this this brings out a real key difference between the classic salesperson and Mm. the account manager. The classic salesperson, in essence, is given everything from their own company that they need to do their job. So they're given the product data, they're given the technical specification, they're given this, they're given that, they're given the other. For an account manager, very often they have to reach inside their own organization to get the resources, get the expertise, get the information out of their own organization. And that creates quite a challenge for many account managers, particularly when they're new, to kind of accept that part of their job is to win over resources internally. So if I want somebody from our IT department to come to my customer because I know their IT department's going to be there, I've, I've got to persuade them that it's going to be worth their time and, and effort to actually support me here. And they've got maybe, I've got maybe four or five accounts, maybe one account, maybe 20 accounts, but they've got the whole company to consider and the demands on their time, many beyond my request so that internal selling or internal influence to get the resources to coordinate the resources is a key factor in an account manager's job as opposed to the classic kind of salesperson
0: that we've talked about Uh, i guess that sort of profile has changed i mean historically when one thinks of the cliched kind of image of the salesperson you know Maybe kind of back to the seventies, but the idea of you know, rolling up in a Jag and you know <laughs> the big business lunch—that this has become a much more diplomatic and a more sort of strategic role. Then, in terms of they're competing with other salespeople within their own company for those resources. Absolutely. So yeah. Okay. Absolutely,
1: and and I I. I... I ask the question quite often, certainly of key account managers, let's stay there for the moment. I say, how much of your time is internal, trying to persuade people to support you, and how much of your time is external? And the answer can be as much as as 80% of my time is internal, trying to oil the wheels of my own organization. And I say to me, okay, you could say that, that's terrible. It's terrible. It's one day a week that you're actually, you know, speaking to the customer or doing something with the customer. But the reality is, I mean, eighty percent is is extreme. The reality is, though, you do have to spend a, a significant proportion of your time trying to win over the resources internally. Now, the accounts I'm talking about there are some of the the world's biggest companies. You know that you're trying to bring solutions to and more realistically for an account manager it might be the other way around it might be one day a week that I need to work internally and the rest of the time externally I remember one of the luxuries I have in my job is to interview best practitioners and one of the ladies I, I interviewed once in a very big technology company and um, I'd I'd heard about her before I interviewed her, and I was told she spent more time at the head office than any other account manager they'd ever employed, and and they couldn't understand why she was spending so long. And she she put it very simply. She said, you know, I want to build up a relationship internally so that when I need something for my customer, I'm calling upon somebody who knows me and I know them a little, at least, uh, rather than out of the blue, you know, come, come and help me. You know, I need, I need a problem. And of course, the worst time to go and see people and ask for a favour is when there's a big problem with your with your mm. customer. So another another example of that is we found some of the best practitioners in another client had uh, been graduate trainees, and graduate trainees got the opportunity to work in various departments for short periods of time so uh, this actually happened to me all those years ago when i first moved into it i I spent time in procurement production r&d etc accounts even um and what it enabled me to do later on in life when when i needed support at my account i wasn't calling somebody who didn't know me even though maybe i'd only spent a week in that department at least they knew my name and could remember that you know as a reasonably decent human being and, and, and that's I think that's a key difference now the issue there is we, we often talk about those account managers having influence without authority and we train them in how to have influence without authority and they don't have direct line management responsibility to demand things I remember again a conversation with some customer service uh, people at another customer and they they made a comment they said those cams have much more authority than they think they do and i thought that was interesting that they're they're sort of on one hand the the key account managers are saying oh we have no authority we have no authority and and the people that really need to support them were saying well actually yeah they they do have quite a lot of authority but the the reality is in every organization if you shift towards an account management rather than what I would consider a pure sales promotional type role, then you you need to work on the internal support of those people.
0: It's fascinating because um, I, I always kind of was thinking about it in terms of becoming kind of customer centric meant building up the personal relationships with the customer. And I hadn't even thought that, of course, you actually got to start before you even get to that point, building the personal relationships with colleagues uh, before you can actually go and sell.
1: Well, it, yeah, whether you, which one you do first, I, I'm not quite sure all, about. Or parallel, at least, but at least um, one
0: one is not exclusive of the other. I think yeah.
1: absolutely, and and that again goes back to that simple word complexity. You know that that I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. I I am going to need some support and help, and you know, and knowledge and experience and expertise from a team of of people. The other issue that that throws up is that, you know, salespeople, I think, you know, quite often have gone into the role because there's freedom, you know, you're on the road, you're you're your own boss to some extent. But what it brings into focus is a more leadership type role, you know, really having a good plan for your customer is going to help you with that internal support if you let's put it the other way if you have a bad plan then you're less likely to get the support and that goes back to not just understanding the customer strategy you you used the word strategic a few minutes ago but you've got to have uh, a strategy for that account certainly the bigger ones that people are going to buy into and i think that's a big transition for most people who've who've only been in sales role where they've got to put together a a a long term strategy, let's call it for their account, but they've also then got to develop a plan to achieve that, and then they've got to lead the horses to water such that they want to support the account manager moving forward so it's a complex it's a complex role it's a challenging role, and I would say to you there is a global shortage of people who either want or who are really, really good at doing this. And therefore, for most organizations, they need to look internally at the people they have and think, okay, what development do they need to be able to make the transition from whatever their current job is through to being a very good account manager? And if we think about it, I mean, we are as organisations putting in the hands of these guys significant amount of our future our future yeah. revenue our future profitability our future product development etc
0: well i've i've been reading a a report which hasn't yet been released by a, by a colleague of yours who's uh, part of it who's identifying the skills gap particularly in sales and it's interesting to see to hear your your view on that but there is a shortage of, of these specific roles, perhaps because the role has changed so much that people have not been trained in the skills they're going to need in five years' time.
1: I, I have a bit of a phrase here. Change isn't what it used to be. <laughs> For, forgive me, Charlie, because I can't remember who first came up with that. But, I mean, every job is, is changing. But I do think, you know, the coal front of most mm. organisations is, is the sales function. The customer interface, let's call it, and if that goes wrong, if that isn't right, that's you know serious problem for most organisations. So I think one we need to understand what is required, and and for each company that will be slightly different, or maybe significantly different, depending upon you know the environment, what they what they are actually trying to sell to the market, etc. But then, okay, who are the best people we can actually employ? to be able to do that. And I've seen some disasters there. I mean one of the one of the aspects that we think about when we think about particularly again key account management or strategic account management is you know we must have a C level. We must have a C level contact. And I've seen companies employ people from professional services who have had a C level engagement but they've moved across to an organization where they don't understand the solution they don't understand the situation and whilst they were able to have that c-level interface in a in a professional services organization when they move across to a more manufacturing type company they they can't do it and and they they actually lose credibility again and can lose some trust at that level. And it's pretty easy to to do that. If we think about how long does it take to build up trust? Well, Mm. how long is a piece of string? Yeah. yeah. How long does it take to destroy it? A fraction of a second. So the choosing of those people, the development of those people, the support of those people, absolutely critical.
0: There was another area which, you and I have discussed in the past, which was the the kind of concept of inside sales versus field sales. And I and I appreciate this comes under the broader umbrella of the, the account management idea. But is is the line blurring or is the the role changing with regarding you know which way the sales people are facing, as it were?
1: Yes, for sure. Um I think, I mean, you know, I grew up in a world where there was an inside sales team who, who sat on the telephone all the time and there was a, an external sales team and we were targeted to do so many calls. I mean, I was actually targeted so many calls to customers, so many calls to prospects and that was pretty simple. And if I think about healthcare, both human and animal, that has been the, the, the mantra of, of the sales manager you know how many calls have you done how many calls have you done how many calls have you done for years and and, and there was good reason for that when the clinicians or the vets or, or individuals were making the decisions for those products then yeah, they have an expression either frequency and coverage or frequency and, and share of uh, voice the more you spoke to these people the more likely they were to, to, to use your products and but now especially now but even before we had the problems with the covid uh pandemic we were encouraging or I was encouraging people we were encouraging people to um make use of the technology and particularly of course you know the the video call because you can increase the frequency of interaction at minimal cost and Whenever I think about sales, I think about two aspects. One is efficiency, and the other is effectiveness. And what you can massively improve using technology is the efficiency of the interaction with the customer. So as an example, when I first joined Mercury, we, we had a, a daily record we had to keep called a good day in, in Mercury. And A Good Day in Mercury was made up of various activities that would lead to future business. So, for example, trying to get appointments with people or, or having a first meeting or a second meeting or writing a proposal. Each of those was allocated a certain percentage. And at the end of the day, we had to produce, believe it or not, 120% activity. Now, I'll be honest, I, I struggled to get there. I you know, I was around about 100, maybe 110, maybe 90 other days. And I think that's why my boss did it. You know, the 120 was the stretch goal. Yeah, um, have an
0: impossible target to incentivize <laughs> you, yes. <laughs>
1: um, But anyway, I, I struggled to do it. And the results were not that fantastic. A few years ago, I, quite a few years ago now, I started using more remote. In, in those days, more conference call. And then started to transition to more video call way before we kind of had to, and I I recorded the numbers again, and I was scoring about four hundred percent, which wow. I couldn't believe. But then I looked at the result, and guess what? I was producing about four to five times the revenue that I had been producing all those days, all those years before. Now you, I was more experienced, so that's a factor, but. What I'm trying to say here is that we can, we can increase the efficiency, lower the cost, because if we think about you know the amount of time sat in a car or in an aeroplane or on a train or whatever it is, that is pretty much wasted time going to see a customer, can we do more calls, more interactions? Let's, let's use that expression more at lower cost and and the answer is yes now second question is is that still as effective again my experience is you don't want to ideally go a hundred percent virtual okay as a field sales person let's use that old expression but you can have a face-to-face meeting followed by a couple maybe of of virtual meetings followed by a face to face meeting and build up the relationship that way and typically once you've had a few face to face there's either a level of trust or or credibility between you and the other person and then you can build on that now what does that mean for inside sales well there are, again we're we're sort of talking about the complexity of of the deal there are certain um issues and again i think about an it company i work with certain things that they sell that actually you know you don't really need to drive around the country and meet somebody for so the complexity of the solution defines whether it can be sold purely on the phone purely remotely or or whatever it is through to do how you know how many times do i really need to go and see this customer
0: yeah well i think it's um I think that's a very good place for us to uh, to leave this episode, because you've touched on the idea of like the technology aspect in terms of disruptors, automation, and, and those kind of things. How do we make the process more efficient? So perhaps in the next episode, I'd really like to yeah discuss how, how we find a balance between sort of human and machine, for want of a, a better... I'm, I'm not going to go full Terminator, Rise of the Machines. I think it's not quite that sinister, but um, just this idea of how we actually can work out when we apply technology and when we apply the human element and where the value is in both. So I look forward to speaking to you next time, Dave. Thank you very much, Charlie. If the topics discussed in this podcast have given you more questions, get in touch with us and we'll do our best to get you the answers.